This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations of people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their safe spaces, their bubbles around the world. I'm Samuel Mann. Today I'm at Otago Polytechnic and I am joined by Jen Rogers. Kia ora, Jen. Kia ora, Sam. Thanks for having me. And my son, Luca. Hello, Luca. How was your bubble life? Oh, um, it was okay. Yeah. Um, it took a little bit of getting used to it at the beginning in terms of trying to work from home with um, a you know, two-year-old, um, but luckily my partner has a job that he couldn't go to work at the time, so it wasn't too bad. Once we sort of got into the hang of um, doing some work at home, it was actually kind of fun. We live close to a beach, so we went there every day, so it really helped that the weather was awesome, yeah. You live near the beach? Which beach is that? Uh, Doctor's Point, Waitati. That's very nice. Yeah, that's really nice. So you've got to time it right, so when you've got some sand, but... Um, and it does change quite a bit so last year there was some big massive sand dunes up against the cliffs and so Luca had fun climbing up them and sliding down getting onto the rocks we built lots of sand castles and um, we found these really amazing um, creatures we didn't know what they were like sort of like sea cucumbers it turns out they're sea hares so there was they have this crazy knitting needle like egg sack thing pink bright pink or bright yellow we saw that and then these little slug things eh? that was pretty fun yeah, so we were finding camouflage crabs and all sorts of stuff down there. So we had a fun time, and because we were walking, everyone else was walking. It was really safe to go on the road with no footpaths. Um, but it was a bit sad for Luca because he couldn't see our neighbours and things. Well, we could see them, but we go to their house, <laughs> and he was like, "What? Well, I want to go to their house." So yeah, that was a that was a tricky bit. We saw pe- we saw people less than we usually would, I guess, on our street. Yeah. And yeah. there's cool caves. Yeah, cool caves. Good places for hiding, eh? Hey, Luca. You can talk as well if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if being in those caves counts as indoors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, this is a side thing, but I'm also in a choir out there, Waitati Wobblers, and the first time I went to the choir was they were practicing in the cave, and I thought, that sounds really exciting. But we had the timing a little bit wrong on the tide, and so the water was coming in, and everyone was singing by going, Wah! You know, so it was like kind of ruining the singing. <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> what are the acoustics like? It wasn't. It was pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like I said, people were also screaming because they were getting wet feet. So um, <laughs> didn't really flow properly. Yes, that was good. Yeah, I don't know. There was no sign like keep out of it. We did have a. We found a little cave, didn't we, Luca? And we put a seaweed kind of you know like you have those old school fly screen sort of hanging fly things to keep flies out we made that and we put a sign out that was this is our batch mm-hmm. people said hey you're not me to go to your batch yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Waitaki is an interesting place because it's a clear community in its own right, but it doesn't actually have things like a shop. Oh, it does have a shop. It does have a shop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a dairy. Okay. And we have a gallery that also sells beer and wine and food. Yeah. And we have a plant nursery, and so that's got a cafe as well. Mm-hmm. And now we've got a, um, a veggie shop. And it, oh, well. that had just opened just before the COVID level four lockdown last year. So unfortunately, that one had to close because of all the rules and stuff. But now it's, it's up and running and it's had its first birthday. Yeah. So yeah, so that's cool. And that does fresh produce and local stuff like Bay Road peanut butter and things. Yeah. So, you so did, did you come into town to do shopping? Um, uh, yes, we did come into town to do shopping, um, and we did also get some veggie boxes through that organisation, um, and some veggie boxes through Oamaru Organics, and they dropped them at the dairy for us at the shop. Yeah, so that's cool. And generally, I mean, there's also a library out there too, so there's a few there's a few little bits and pieces, but yeah, most of the stuff was closed. Yep. So you couldn't talk to your neighbours, well, you could talk to them, but you couldn't be close to yeah. them during that time. Yep. Did it... Did that sense of community, because it is such a strong community, Mm. did it feel like a community during that time? Um, Yes, yes, because, I mean, there's a Facebook page. I don't do Facebook personally, but my partner does. And so there's a Facebook page, so there was always kind of comments and bits and pieces on there, you know. Um, Obviously, there was no events, and the hall was shut where, where, you know, most of the stuff happens. But... Because you wandered around, you saw people everywhere and you stop and talk to them on the opposite side of the street. So we did still talk to a lot of people. Um, and there was a cool thing that um, some people did, which was uh, like a dance that they did at 11 o'clock every day. Um, so we went to that sometimes as well. Um, yeah, so so that was cool. You know, you could ride your bike around or walk around and, and see other people or go to the dance and dance spread out on the street. That was pretty groovy. Yeah. So you said you were working from home? What were you doing? Yeah, (laughs) just mostly um, online Zoom things, you know, like catching up with my team of people here at Otago Polytechnic, catching up with, um, uh, there's a network of um, sustainable practitioners uh, that work in other tertiary institutions, and so catching up with them and kind of finding out about their experiences and what they were trying to do during this time and how they were using it as an opportunity to do things differently, push push things like, you know... um, yeah changing travel behavior and things like that so that was kind of what I did I didn't actually end up doing heaps of work yeah it was things kind of got to a bit of a standstill yeah so what work do you do at the Polytechnic um I've actually just resigned but I have been (laughs) working here at the Polytech for I don't know seven years um as a sustainable practice advisor and so that role um is about um, behaviour change and kind of overhauling um, uh, the operations of the Polytech to be more sustainable. So we've done a lot of things around um, uh, waste and recycling and uh, stuff around transport behaviour and fleet management. Um, done uh, quite a lot of work working with staff and students in different departments to look at what are, their t- what are their students learning to go out into the various industries and how can we put a sustainable lens onto that? Um, and also lots of events um, around, you know, giving people opportunities and experiences to try something new um, and learn that it can be fun to change, a, change your behaviour. Um, the bikes. Yeah, we did fix some bikes last week. Yep, Luca came and helped. Yep, so we've got a whole lot of poly bikes here that we loan out to people. We fixed those and we fixed other people's bikes, eh? You put lots of oil on the chain and moved the pedals around. That was quite good. 
because you have people come in on Tuesday lunchtime. Yes, yeah, we did. Yeah, yep. So we usually do that service once a month. Uh, sorry, not once a month, once a term. Yeah, yep. So and I always forget. Out. Yeah, <laughs> lots of people do. <laughs> Is I going to be here for a whole week? Like, sorry. <laughs> but it's... But it's about, a big part of it is about showing that sustainability is not a bad thing. Yeah, kind of trying to normalise it, I Mm -hmm. guess. Yeah, Um, that's the idea of the events, I guess, is trying to normalise it and bring people together that, you know, you might see some of your workmates and go, oh, well, I didn't know they were into this, or, oh, that's really great, and now we've got something else in common that we can talk about. We've both gone to this fair trade breakfast and we learned lots of things, and now we can take it to our home to a house and change the way that we purchase things. So, yeah, sort of trying to, yep, normalise things, um, make it fun and accessible, yeah. Do you think that that's important, that, that it, it is that, that positive aspect? And how much do you bring in the... Let's say the doom. <laughs> How much you bring it? All, uh, I never bring all, in the doom. All the critical yeah. reality. Or I never, whatever you want I never, to never bring it. in the doom. Um, I think that can be kind of overwhelming and scary. I think it's good for people to know a little bit, and I think people do know a little bit. It's kind of like we're not at the beginning of this journey. Um, so, I mean, sometimes uh, you bring in the doom in the way of kind of like um, a video that's been made, um, like a you know. Um, and bring it in like that where there's a bit of doom and there's a bit of um, science and there's a bit of, you know, positive all together. But I yeah, definitely try to stay away from that kind of stuff. I think there is there's a lot of space that you can find that anyway, you know, in the newspaper, in the media. Um, and, um, yeah, I want people to be kind of starting to do some action. So that's really what I'm focused on, I guess, is kind of this is how easy it is to do some action. Um to get started and that every little bit does you know make a difference yeah that's kind of my main so how do you get people f- from the oh that's cool and i'm thinking of things like the mm. you, you had a really cool milkshake yes bike. yep yeah. uh, rode on the bike a stationary bike and it yep. made a, a milkshake how do you get from there to people making significant changes mm. um i guess um yeah, i guess that smoothie one um you know that was about fair trade and so the theme that year was bananas and so we had a whole lot of bananas I had a banana suit as well and so encouraged people to make their own smoothie and by jumping on the bike and um, yeah, mixing it all up and then kind of talking to them about the benefits of fair trade and how that changes people's lives and them thinking about oh maybe I can purchase something different outside so I guess it's kind of like a taster or a little kernel or a seed just to get them thinking. Um, some of the events are you know people might learn a skill that they can take away so done a lot in plastic free July around how do you kind of take out plastic from what you're purchasing in terms of food and so we've often made um, beeswax wraps that then people get to take away and we can you know they can follow the process it's like a workshop follow the process so they can take it away they can make it again later at home and um, we've done some other ones like that with a sewing machine we're making little tote bags little lunch bags that are um, waterproof and things like that so yeah I guess there's an aspect of this is fun and I'm learning something but also um, something that you can take away that you can use straight away and apply in, in your in your home in terms of normalizing it was interesting to see the Foursquare pick up the beeswax wraps as their loyalty scheme yeah that's really cool eh? yeah it's not something you would have expected <laughs> Well, I think, you know, um, 
that's it has become sort of like you say normal now it's sort of like four squares a little you know it's a little um they seem small but that they're, they're all over the country and um and yeah that i just think that's really amazing that there's things that get picked up like that and let's take the first of your music choices let's have fat freddy's drop hope for a generation cool we just listen to the music yeah that's nice
we're talking about promoting sustainable activities at the Polytech and hopefully having an impact beyond. Do you think we're getting there? Um, yeah. <laughs> I have days when I think yes and other days when I think no. Um, yeah, I, I guess the trickiest bit is um, to go from... Um, what we were talking about before the break, the music break, was, you know, to something where people are doing it consistently, you know, and I guess then when it when it becomes something that not just individuals are doing, but like a group or an organisation is doing. Um, so, yeah, yes and no, sometimes, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just been like Bike Aotearoa month, and so... I've been, follow, I've been biking and also registered on that and there's a group of people that bike from the Polytechnic but it's not really getting that much bigger, you know so I guess it's kind of like we are we are doing some stuff and, there, and I guess there's pockets but yeah, and overall, yeah, I think overall yes yeah, but it's, yeah it's definitely one of those things that's, it's, I guess, hard to measure, you know? Mm. We, yeah, we can measure how many people bike and we can measure how many kilometres they do and things like that. But um, we are not measuring um, how many people are coming. Look at, no. We're not measuring how many people um, are coming. Well, we are measuring how many people come in their cars. There's like 97% of people are coming mm-hmm. in their cars, you know, so that's still a big chunk, I guess, you know, even though it sounds like we're doing well on this biking thing. There's others. Yeah. That's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to have a look at the bits? No, look. I can't go to the Do I have? have a look at the pictures. Was it like, do you think we're getting near the politic or in general? Like, because I guess, I mean, there's been some big changes with legislation and stuff in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was well, like, yeah. And, and things that we didn't think, I mean, there, there might be small things, but things that for a while people were so opposed to, I'm thinking of plastic bags. Yeah. That for a while it was like, it's not going to happen. And then yep. all of a sudden it did happen. Yep. Yes. And, it, and it, actually they had an iteration of trying to get it to happen earlier, you know five years before that or something and it didn't work so yes I guess you're right you know in that, in that circumstance it's kind of conversations that have gone on and on and on and on and then finally something's happened so yes <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that the like the, the number of people cycling hasn't grown much. Does it matter? Is it? I mean, I'm thinking of like the transition towns approach that we don't have to convince everyone. We just need to get on with living a better life. Mm, yep, yep. I think you're right. Like, not everybody needs to do cycling, Ow. but um, I guess more people Ow. need to not drive every day alone in their cars. So there is very <laughs> options of changing it yep so people could carpool or people could come on the bus you know there are are different strategies to get to the same place um so bubble sprite of the forest of orakanui Dunedin's favorite goddess tahu mackenzie kia ora koutou nā mihi arohanau kia koutou ko hope you're all having the best day beautiful superstars and beloved universes I really hope wherever you are is happening around you. This journey that we're all on together is proving to be 
very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you are, the triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique, and here making things better. Thank you. Now I know that for all of us, the last several months have been such a fascinating time for our own growth and development, our own learning, our own understanding of ourselves and of course the opportunity for us to understand ourselves anew as nurturers. We've had the opportunity to really appreciate our homes, our living environments, those around us and our family and whānau and the opportunity to really understand how we can care for our daily environment, those around us who we love, and of course how we can best care for ourselves. Now as we move through these different levels at different times, I know we feel different things, and we can feel many things of course at the same time. Now we have returned to level one, but we're still finding these community cases. So I think for everybody, there is a sense of feeling unsettled. But because, unlike the rest of the world, we are in this state of great unparalleled freedom, in many ways it's, it's an adjustment for us to look back and remember all of these changes that have happened, when everything in many ways has returned to normal. So what can we remember that is helpful for us? What has changed for us that we want to acknowledge, that we want to honour? I know for me, I really appreciate this time that we've shared and these five minutes each day just make a huge difference to me. The ability to communicate what we're feeling, what we're experiencing and attempt to help others is such a special part of who we are as a species. So I really hope for you, you're having the opportunity to communicate in a way that's really helpful to you as a nurturer. I know for myself as well, it's been a really fascinating time learning to live on my own and what this shift has meant for me, suddenly to have so much space and freedom and an awareness that wasn't there before. What a gift. I'm very grateful to be able to do that. And also for me, Something I've learned is the importance of rest and balance, that downtime that we all need, and how I can best contribute my time and energy. So I really hope that for you in this time, you're able to really think about what you have learned through this global pandemic so far, and what lessons you want to take with you, and what shifts and changes you're grateful for, but that you don't need to take with you. I really hope that you're having the opportunity to communicate your needs, your feelings, your understandings. I know that all these things will be really helping everyone around you. Thank you for sharing who you are. Thank you for all the things you're doing every day to make things better. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Kahiti. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Jen Rogers. Jen, we've seen lots of societal change over the last year. Kind of frightening that we can describe it as a year now. Mm. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Mm. Um, 
I I guess um, the thing that comes to mind is well, I used to live in Christchurch when, when the earthquakes happened, you know, like 12 years ago. And um, one of the things that came out of that at the beginning was that everybody was just so nice to everybody. That's just in Ardern's catchphrase, you know. But people really were super considerate and um, really helpful. And when you were riding on the bike, your bike on the roads, people were really careful and things like that. And that and that didn't last, but some of the kind of community sort of togetherness stuff did last. And so I'm kind of hoping that that will happen in terms of um, people... Uh, getting to know their neighbours, like my parents met their neighbours for the first time during the lockdown and ended up kind of having parties on their, on their driveways and things like that and that has continued, So, and I've heard that from a lot of places and so I hope that that will really continue um, and I hope kind of that um, people will think about um, you know, the gardening, that was a big boom you know, people buying seeds and, and doing their own garden and kind of being a bit more self-reliant and um, resilient so I th- hopefully that will change we can look at some of the pictures um, not change, hopefully that will continue um, and there was also something like bike sales went up in New Zealand we just talked about biking but now I remember that bike sales did go up so I guess there's actually, they're probably yeah, I don't know if that's cha- if that's continued as people are commuting and things but um yeah, that would be really nice to see too, you know, if people just kind of think a bit more locally, you know, getting to know your neighbours, um, you know, using using space that you have at your house if you've got um, a, a garden or a deck and, you know, growing a bit more food um, and thinking about how you move around. And I guess in terms of that too, just thinking about what's on your doorstep that's cool to go and look at. Like you were talking about um, a walk in the weekend, you know, close to Palmerston, not far away, and you can go somewhere amazing and different and different weather, and, and you don't necessarily have to go to the Gold Coast or to Chile or anything like that. So I'm sort of hoping that that will, that will be something that would stick to, that people start discovering things that are close, that are fun, and, you know, maybe not as expensive for them, but also kind of um, less carbon emissions too. I think that would be great. You mentioned the the message from the government, that which is one of the, the poster for it is the, the be kind. Yes, yeah. Why do you think that worked so well? Um, I think innately people want to be nice to each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and something it can be something that you forget to do when you're really busy and stressed and tired and things. And so um, when, um, you know, I think that's, yeah... And you see Jacinda Ardern, and she is really genuine and and a really good role model for kind of being kind. It's kind of, I think that helped it as well. It wasn't just a slogan, it was for real, you know? Um, yeah, and I think when there's lots of um, people being really uh, fearful and um, there's a lot of change and uncertainty, that's just like a really simple thing, just to be kind or to smile to someone or to help them. You know, that's something that anybody can do um, from anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't need any special tools, I guess. Yeah. Do you think it... I mean, one of the ways of responding is that why did it take a pandemic for us to... Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But the other one is, well, maybe it 
didn't take a pandemic, we already were kind, yep. and so this has reinforced yes. what we already believe. I think it's reinforced what everybody believes, but also kind of um, made it something to focus on, because I guess in a modern, busy day society, you can know about those things, and you can be like, yeah, yeah, that's my value, but then it gets lost in everything else as well, I guess, when you're so busy. Let's go tail in some water. <laughs> what lessons do you think we can take for the larger longest term problems that we face the intergenerational things the things Mm. that can't be fixed by us staying at home and watching netflix for a few weeks (laughs) i'm thinking you know the sort of things we deal with climate change social justice yeah but other other lessons in there um yeah i guess um Yes, I think so. You know, um, another another message that the government had during that time, and I mean, it's probably still going on, was like buying local. So, you know, like thinking about what, what we have in New Zealand and what we can buy. But that, I mean, that's an interesting one around social justice. It's kind of like you could be buying something from a company that is a New Zealand company, but they're bringing something in from overseas and, you know, we're not sure how it's produced or you know that's a bit trickier murky and and supply chains and things like that so um i guess there is you know like the bigger message or the bigger kind of learning could be to kind of um being a bit more aware i guess of what's happening um in the world around you and in your place in it and and how these kind of big picture things like pandemics or global warming or um I suppose we've had a lesson in how all the systems are connected. That, yeah. That in order to stop the pandemic, yes. what they wanted to do, what the New Zealand government was focused on was protecting the health of the people in order to you know, protect the economy. Other places have done that the other way around and it's not yep. worked so well. Yep. It really has shown that how it is all one system. Yeah, and I think that that is helpful in terms of thinking about um, climate change too is kind of like it's one system and we can all play our part you know that was another message I guess that came through from the government is you know we're a team of five million or whatever and we've all got our little place to pl- part to play and so that can be applicable to climate change too we've all got a part to play in it and doing these little, little bits all these little bits um, it's also shown that we can do stuff if we really want to yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess that's interesting too, that there is resources there and there can be um, a mandate for moving more quickly. Um, it's just where the priorities are at that time. So, yeah, I think that's been really interesting too. You know, like we don't have to wait for some research. We don't have to, you know, wait to do some trials and things like that. We can just go for it and, you know, put our put our money behind this and um, and make some massive changes. So, yeah, I think that's um, that's definitely something... There's a lot of um, journalists have been writing about that in relation to climate change. Hey, look, we could, we could do something. We could do something next week. We could do something next month as opposed to waiting to, you know, carbon neutral by 2025 or 2030, you know? So in some cases it's like those targets... Um, are a bit fur- a bit far away, and really, what's the what's the hold up, and what's the reason behind that? Yeah. Um, 
So I think that's been interesting too, just kind of an eye-opener for, for a lot of people in terms of um, where organisations and governments do put their priorities yeah, and their resourcing. The pandemic had the advantage, if the pandemic had an advantage, in that it was clear that it had to happen right now. Yes, definitely. Whereas for, for climate change, as you say, it's, well, we have this notion of, well... It might do this by 2050, yes, but definitely. by 2050 it's too late to Yep. Yeah, to and I guess that's that's the thing. There's been um, scientists doing modelling to say, you know, well, this can change over this time and this can change and we need to do bits and pieces. And it seems like it's too far away. You know, it seems far away, like we've got lots of time. But then... Um, you know, there's already, um, you know, massive bushfires in Australia. We've had some fires here in Dunedin. You know, that that kind of weather pattern is changing and becoming more frequent. So um, the signs are actually there that it's happening now and we could, we could make some changes now. But you're right, the pandemic was like heaps of people are dying right now. We've got to do something quickly. Um, whereas people, not so many people have been dying from climate change yet. Let's take the WHO generation. Just because we get around Talking about my generation Things ain't do look awful Talking about my generation We'll back die before we get old Talking about my generation It's my generation It's my generation, baby Why don't you all fade away Dig what we all s- s- say. Trying to cause a big s- s- sensation. Just talking about my t- t- generation. What we all
Jen, I have some questions to end the show with. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Um, I just harking back to what you said earlier around, um, you know, changes and us, you know, trying to decide if there's something that's that's, you know, overall changed or overall gone better, and that makes me think about um, a situation at Otago Polytech um, where um, a Christmas event over a number of years I was having conversations with people who were um, organising this event to look at the gifts that they were buying this is for a little kid's Christmas party and um, they were buying gifts from um, a a big chain store plastic, a lot of plastic wrapping and getting a lot of um, I was getting a lot of comments from parents who were going to this saying, hey, this is not really matching up with our sustainability strategy. And I was feeling like, oh, I can't really do anything about it. That's not my event. And they get quite defensive. But um, after uh, about five years of conversations, we were able to um, get to a stage where that group of people at the Polytech did say, hey, you can have some did say, um, yes, sure, we'd like to talk to you about that event. Yes. We'd like to talk to you about that event and can you give us some ideas on how we can make this more ethical, more sustainable, uh, local and um, so ended up um, working in a partnership that we already have with Trade Aid Dunedin um, and purchasing the gifts there um, for the same price, um, same service in terms of wrapping them um, and no, you know, essentially no extra work for those people that were running the event at the Polytech so they were they were quite happy we were able to you know then buy the gifts from Trade Aid which is a New Zealand organisation and they're working with um, third world countries um, and producers there to really increase their livelihoods so yeah I'd say that was a big win that just happened recently so that's really good um, uh not so recent but it's still ongoing which is really important to have that longevity is um, the Eden Cup project and moving um, from disposable cups to reusable cups and so that happened about five years ago and it's still running so um, that cafe used to send 500 cups to landfill every week Um, so that's kind of you know over 100,000 cups that we have reduced from that landfill from that from that line um so that's been amazing and that's really that project has also made the cafe staff um think about what they do and they've carried on that journey so then they've removed disposable straws they've removed um salad bowls uh they've, they've now got ceramic salad bowls instead of you know like plastic takeaway ones and things like that so they are really on that journey now to reduce their waste and they've taken out um, so they've only got about three percent of waste left within their stream that they're still working on so so that's um that goes to landfill so that's really yeah so that's really amazing kind of ongoing that's a really good story of how it's not just having the actual impact yep in terms of the the reduction to to landfill but also the the story around it and the impact of the the story virtue signaling is a good thing yeah definitely i mean the impact of the story it's at the time um the bbc got in touch and said wow this is amazing a little cafe in new zealand is doing this and you know kind of going against the tide of 
um, you know, disposable cups. And so um, we have had um, people from various other cafes around Dunedin, the university, which has now um, done a trial and gone cup free in their cafes. They came to us to say, how did you do it? What learnings have you got? You know, that kind of thing too. So, um, yeah, so then it's moved beyond, you know, us. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called oh. Tomorrow's Heroes. Cool. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in the team. Choice, thanks. What's the superpower <laughs> that's got you into the mansion? Oh, superpower. Um, I've... Um, ooh, uh, <laughs> can you think of a superpower, Luca? No? I've got... Um, I'm able to multitask. <laughs> <laughs> I can bring Luca to meetings and still get things done and he he's the superpower he can help me with the bike maintenance and all sorts of things maybe a superpower I'm not very good at these on the spot things um could be um uh empathy as well um and really kind of um listening to what people have got to say and their um, issues or their problems with things or their perspectives and kind of um, working around that so they're happy, I'm happy, we get to meet the goals and we can kind of move forward. So do you consider yourself to be an activist? Um, ooh, uh, not a traditional activist. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean sometimes, but occasionally you go to protest and think, no, I guess I'm not an activist, but an activist in a way that I am trying to disrupt a system, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So yes, I guess so. Yeah. But in a um, in a friendly way. <laughs> so no, but yes. <laughs> 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 trying to disrupt a system that sounds like an activist to me yeah it does <laughs> so what motivates you um i really um i really love like birds in natural places um mm -hmm. and wildlife and i think that's a motivator for me that we um, think about the resources that we use and the impacts that we have so we can continue to um, enjoy wild places um, and having a child has been like a motivator too in terms of thinking oh wow um, I'd really like him to be able to sort of live in a world that is um, hospitable <laughs> And what's the biggest challenge you're looking forward to in the oh, next year or two? Um, I guess for me, um, you know, uh, a new challenge will be a new a new working role. Um, uh, I'm also um, on the Otago Conservation Board, and so there's lots of challenges there in terms of um, uh, Crown Entity and working with Māori in partnership. So I'm learning a lot about a lot about that in that space and the conservation space. Um, got lots of challenges with having um, a small person uh, learning learning things, um, and I think um, a personal challenge, something that you know I'm always working on. That we and we do this each year at the Polytech, and not just during July, but thinking about it is um, is reducing our household. Um, 
plastic consumption in terms of food when we are busy and tired and now that I have a child it's kind of seems more difficult but also more pertinent so Mm -hmm. I guess that's one of the um that's one of the personal challenges yeah (laughs) and lastly do you have any advice for our listeners oh advice um um I guess um, no. <laughs> Can't think of anything right now. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. spaces around the world. We're brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahoe McKenzie. This is the Jezebel's Endless Summer. I'm Samuel Mann at Otago Polytechnic in Dunedin and I have been joined by Jen Rogers and Luca. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.